As I was listening to those two songs exalting our God, our master, our king, a uh, verse out of Psalms 40 came up, and it's Psalms 40 and verse 8. This is what the psalmist said. He says, I delight to do thy will, O my God, yea, thy law is within my heart. And basically what he's delighting is, is for the privilege and the honor to serve God. Isn't it a privilege and an honor to serve God? Don't you just, there's just something about living for the Lord. Being a child of God, there's nothing greater. So, thank you for those songs. If you would, turn your Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 6. Familiar story. One of my favorites growing up as a boy at New Home Missionary Baptist Church in Royal, Arkansas. The big city of Royal community of about 350 people. No stoplight, one stop sign. We had two gas station, quote, convenience stores, Sam's Mobile and Tuberville's. And they were right across the street from one another, the 270 West Highway. And of course, we had one post office. And that was Royal Arkansas. If you blinked, you went right by it. But you know, I wouldn't trade growing up in a rural community for anything. People, one, they love God. They worship God. And people loved one another. They, they watched out for one another. Small community. Can you imagine being taken from your country? To a foreign land, it's hard to imagine, isn't it? But we're going to see this morning, Daniel, who was taken captive when he was a teenage boy. But this morning, I want to speak to you a little bit about faith, because Daniel had consistent faith. And I'll ask you this morning, do you have consistent faith? Are you reliable? Can God count on you? You know, we can count on God, always. But can God count on you and me? That's the question. You know, one thing I love about Daniel is he was consistent when it came to his faith. He never varied. He was always consistent, and that's why God blessed him the way he blessed him. So, stand with me. Daniel chapter 6, we'll read our text, and we'll go from there. Daniel chapter 6. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but uh, we're going to read the first ten verses. It says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 princes, which should be over the whole kingdom. And over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred 
above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. But they could not, excuse me, but they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and said unto him, King Darius, live forever. And all the presidents of the kingdom, the governors, the princes, the counselors, captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or any man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree, signing the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you, and we thank you for this time. Now, as we come to the breaking of the bread of life, I just pray, Lord, you'll be with me. You'll give me the words to say, and Lord, you'll bring to my memory those things I've studied this morning to share with your congregation. I pray, Father, that your people will be encouraged, they'll be fed your holy word. And Lord, I just pray your Holy Spirit will deal with hearts, there's decisions to be made. I pray they'll be met and made this morning. We give the invitation especially if there be one here today that knows you not. Strengthen us, encourage us in your word, and may we be found consistent and faithful and reliable, just as Daniel. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Be seated. Reliable. That's a compound word. Liable means responsible. Re means over and over again. So reliable means to be responsible over and over. That's what reliable means. And my question to you this morning is, are you reliable to God? Are you faithful? You see, one of the greatest attributes of Daniel was he was faithful. Even when he was taken into captivity with the children of Israel to Babylon, and that was a pagan nation. I'm here to tell you they tried to change him, but he was just steady the whole time because he was faithful to God. My question this morning to you is how faithful are you? 
when it comes to God. See, there's kind of like this. You go through the Bible, and you can pick out lots of men of God that showed faithfulness. And I'll call them, you know, Mercedes and uh, Ferraris, Maseratis, Lamborghinis, you know, the, the Pauls, the Moseses, those type. You know, and I mean, they're mentioned in the Word all over. And they were all tested, and they all proved to be reliable and faithful. But what I get with Daniel, he wasn't a Ferrari. He wasn't, you know, a Mercedes or a Lamborghini. He was what I would call a good old Ford. What I mean is, he was reliable when he when the Lord started him he just took off steadily slowly but he was reliable as a Christian shouldn't you and I be reliable to God you see the bottom line is this God blesses his people when they're faithful They stay faithful to Him. And if you are faithful to Him, I assure you, He will stay faithful to you. So, let's kind of look at this again. Now, Darius was the king at that time. And by the way, Darius and Cyrus, they're one and the same. When you finish the end of the chapter, it'll mention Cyrus. Well, he's talking about Darius. Now, while Daniel was there, God used him over and over again. He interpreted a dream for Nebuchadnezzar. He he done lots of things. And God blessed him, and he rose to power in the Babylonian kingdom. And let me just say this about Cyrus, Darius. There came a time, and I believe it was because of the witness of Daniel. There became a time when Cyrus said, you know what, go back to your homeland and rebuild your temple. And some of them left to do that very thing. And if you'll read the book of Nehemiah, Ezra, you'll find that out. But there are also those that stayed there because they had been there 70 years and they had grown accustomed to the lifestyle of The Babylonians. And let me just say this. If you and I as believers stay too long in sin, we will adopt the lifestyle of the world. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Amen. Amen. Now Daniel was a teenage boy when he was taken captive. Now at this period of time, he's in his 80s. He wasn't a spring chicken anymore, was he? That's right, sister. So anyways, notice Daniel's prime minister pretty much. Let's jump down to three. And this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Now, Darius chose Daniel and the Bible says he was of an excellent spirit. Excellent 
spirit. In other words, Daniel was a person of great character. And you know, from the outside looking in, those other princes noticed that and they became jealous. Can I tell you there's going to be people out there in your families where you work out in the world if you are a born again child of God listen to me they're going to be out there and they're not going to like you because they're jealous of you and especially when you've got the hand of God upon your life they're jealous but didn't I, but didn't even Jesus say that in Matthew 10 that he didn't come to bring peace but a sword amen he said father would turn against son and daughter against mother and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law and he also said even and I'm paraphrasing even our foes our enemies would turn against us and that's what we have here. We have jealousy. They're angry. I mean, think about it from their perspective. Their perspective is this. How dare he? He is a slave. Not only is he a slave, he's a Hebrew. And he's going to be our boss. He's going to be telling us what we're going to do. Oh, no, no, no. I don't like that. We don't want that. And we better figure out a way to get rid of him. And the only way they could get rid of him, because we just read it, he had an excellent spirit about him. There was no, there wasn't anything in his closet. His character was above reproach. He was a man of faith. There was nothing he was trying to hide. Before I go any further, what are you and I trying to hide? Is there anything in our closet that we might not want to come out? See, Daniel didn't have to worry about that because he had excellent character. But what about us? Listen, you may think I may think we can hide, but we can't hide nothing when it comes to God. God sees all, he knows all. Is there something in your heart or in your life that needs to be brought before God, confessed and repented of? If there is, it would be a whole lot better to go before God and bring those things than to wait for God to have to expose you before others. Because don't think for a second, it don't happen. The Bible says, be sure your sin will find you out. Amen? But aren't we, aren't we good at trying to hide things? Listen, God says, if you've got sin in your life, 
to get it taken care of. And get it taken care of God's way through confession and repentance. He tells us what to do. I'd much rather take my sin to the Lord than to have my dirty laundry come out later on. Because, let me ask you, that hidden sin in your life, does it or would it make you ashamed? Would it make you ashamed and your family ashamed? What about your church? What about the Lord? Think about that for a second. Daniel had a great character. He was a man of faith. And nobody out there, those princes out there that came up with this idea to get him because the only way they could get him, they couldn't attack him by his character because he is faithful to God. But they knew because of his faithfulness, the way to get rid of him is to go to the king and have the king make a decree a decree that for 30 days you can't pray to anyone. No God, no person for 30 days. And believe me, when they went, they knew already that Daniel was going to be reliable and was going to do as he always had done and pray three times a day. And you know they thought they had him. And I'm just going to say this about Darius. Hey, Isaiah tells us that Darius finally come to Christ. He was saved. Boy, did he make a boo-boo here. And you know why? It was to feed his ego. That's where pride comes in. You want to look good. You want to do things that bring praise. He was just human. But it was silly to make such a decree. Now notice what the word says. And then the president, verse 4, and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom... But they could find none occasion nor fault. For as much as he was, what? Faithful. Neither was there any error or fault found in him. Wow. Talking about character. Talking about being reliable. You and I could say, Daniel was really that very thing. That was his very essence. He was dedicated. Understand. Those princes knew. Can't find no dirt on him. Ain't no dirt on him. But now we're going to pounce because we know if we can get the king to sign this decree for 30 days, Daniel is going to be lion food. But oh, were they mistaken. Amen. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law 
of his God. See, being a captive 70 years in Babylon, if it taught Daniel anything, it was even though you can say he was in captivity, which he was, but even being in captivity, he could count on God. And I want to encourage you this morning, brothers and sisters, listen, we may not have a decree come down on us saying we can't pray, we can't go to church, or we may, but listen, if it ever did come to that where they The government said, no more church. No more reading your Bible out in public. No more praying out in public. No more telling people you're a Christian, trying to win them to Jesus. Even if it came to that, and it could, more than likely it might, the way the world's going. But even if that happened... Listen to me. We stay true to God. The Bible tells us, Paul said over in Romans 13, we're to obey those that have authority over us. We're to pray for them. We are to obey the laws of the land until they go against the word of God. And when they go against the word of God, then we have to buck up and take a stand. Amen? You take a stand. Now, notice, all the presidents of the kingdom, governors, princes, counselors, captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask petition of any god or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. We'll fix that Hebrew slave. We'll get rid of him once and for all. Because they already knew. They wasn't going to keep Daniel from being faithful to his God. So they go to Darius. And again, his old eagle got stroked. And he signs this into law. Goes throughout all the land. Can't pray to God or anyone for 30 days. Now, some would say, well, it was only 30 days. Daniel could have took it easy. That's not Daniel. You see, Daniel was consistent. Daniel was reliable. Daniel was faithful. And he wasn't going to keep from praying. He wasn't going to keep serving God. He was going to serve God no matter what. My question to you this morning is, what if you were in his shoes? What if it was you and not Daniel? Would you be faithful? Would you be consistent? Would you be reliable? Because he was. Can God count on you? Can he count on me? Notice. It says, Now, O king, establish the decree... 
Sign the writing that it be not changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house. (laughs) Now, again, you want to see a little courage? He knew what the decree said. And as soon as it was signed, what did Daniel do? You see, he, he was getting up there in years. He was in his 80s. He could have took the easy way out and said, well, it's only 30 days. And by the way, I'm the prime minister. And, you know, I'm getting up there. It's kind of tiresome. I can just kick back. He didn't kick back. No, he went straight to the house. The windows were already open. He didn't have to open them because he was accustomed to praying to God faithfully three times a day. And by the way, those windows where he prayed was facing Jerusalem. And the Word of God says in 1 Kings that any captive that will drop to their knees and pray Facing Jerusalem and the temple, God would hear their prayers. Isn't God good? And Daniel knew the book of the law. He knew God's word. Do you know God's word? So here the windows are open. He drops to his knees facing Jerusalem. And what does he do? He prays. He didn't have to hide, wasn't going to hide, because he wasn't ashamed of his God. I wonder, beloved, sometimes me and you sometimes act like we're ashamed of the Lord. How many of you have ever been tested by the Lord in a restaurant? In a restaurant. All the time, huh? You know, it's always amazing to me. We go out, we eat dinner, we always say the blessing. We say the blessing at home, we say it wherever we're at. We're to give thanks, right? But you know what always amazes me? I want to say something, but I don't. But after we're done, people will come up, oh, that's so sweet. Nothing sweet about it. It's my responsibility as a believer. Oh, I like to see that. So many times I want to say, well, do you offer things? But she won't let me. No, no joke aside. Hey, it's your fault. It's your fault. Hey, y'all, listen, everything I do now, She's always told me, it's your fault, your fault. Back to, I'm teasing, those eyes, I know them. I'll probably be sleeping on the couch tonight. But seriously, he wasn't ashamed of his God. You and I should never be ashamed of God. He didn't close the blinds, he didn't do it in secret. He did what he always did. He prayed, 
He was faithful, he was reliable, and he was consistent. And of course, his enemies, and by the way, we got enemies. His enemies ran to Darius the king as fast as they could. And they said, hey, your slave, Daniel, has went against your decree. He's praying at his house right here and right now. Now, King Darius, understand you made this a decree, so you have to honor it. Now, of course, the king, after giving it a little thought, it finally dawned on him. That was stupid and absurd on my part. But not only that... Now I see the motives. You guys are just wanting to get rid of him. And I'm sure he, in his mind, was trying to figure out a way he could get Daniel let off the hook, but there wasn't. So what we find is they take Daniel and they take him to the lion's den. Now, I want you to understand something about these lions. They were bred for one reason. And they were half-starved. They didn't keep them fat. They wanted them to be hungry so when someone was thrown into the den, it was lunchtime. So Daniel is taken to the lion's den. But before they put him in, I will say this about Darius. He had faith in Daniel's God. Because he told Daniel, I know that your God will deliver you. Now, was he as faithful as Daniel? Oh, no, because his faith wavered. In fact, that night he went back to the palace couldn't sleep. He was in misery because he thought mm, them old lions might tear him to pieces. But early that next morning, he jumps to his feet. He runs down to the den and he fearfully calls out, Daniel! Daniel, is it well with you? <laughs> Daniel, still here, O king. Are you okay? I'm fine. Because God sent the angel of the Lord to shut the mouths of these kitty cats. These lions. And I want you to understand, those were ferocious lions. But here, faithful Daniel is placed in that pit, that den with those lions. And I truly believe, it doesn't say, but I truly believe Daniel wasn't afraid one bit. You know why? Because 
God had always been faithful to Daniel. And Daniel was always faithful to God. I'm sure when they put him in there, all of those guys said, well, that's it for him. He's going to be eat up. There ain't going to be nothing left but a few bones. They put him in the pit. I'm pretty sure because the angel of the Lord was there, those lions didn't even growl. I believe they came probably laid down beside him like an old house kitty. He was probably petting on them, hitting them on the back of the head, spit up that hairball. But there was nothing to fear. God had delivered him. They took him out of that den of lions and through those men that conspired against Daniel and their families. And when I say their families, I'm talking about their children, their wives, all of their families into that den. And guess what happened to them? They were lunch, they were dinner, and they were breakfast. Amen? Think about that for a second. You see, the moral of this whole sixth chapter is this. Here's the moral. If we will remain faithful to God, you have nothing to fear because he's going to remain faithful to you. Now, concerning faithfulness, it's true. Sometimes my faithfulness isn't what it should be. How about you? You know, not that I don't want to be, I want to be. But I can't sing and preach as well as others. I can't always give all the money I would like to to the Lord for His work. I can't always do things that I want to for the Lord's church. But listen to me. There is one thing that you and I can always do. And that's be faithful. We can be faithful to Sunday school. We can be faithful to worship on Sundays, Sunday nights, Wednesday night prayer meeting. We can be faithful for that. We can be faithful to teach our classes. We can be faithful to lead the music and lead in song. We can be faithful. We can be faithful in telling others about Jesus. But listen, we have to take us out of the equation. And that's where we struggle. In the modern church today, and I'll get in trouble, but that's all right. I stay in trouble. Right, Lorianne? In the modern church today, we get so impacted with the world and things And they take us from remaining faithful to God so easily. So easily. 
And what's sad is, it really isn't that hard to be caught up in the world. And you wonder why the church struggles. You wonder. It's so easy to fall in the trap. But listen to me. It's a trap, it's for sure. But understand, sometimes we like the trap. Uh Uh-oh, did I say that? I did. You see, we like things more so than we like God and His church. You say, that's judging. No, that's just telling you how it is. You see, Daniel was faithful. He was consistent. And he was reliable. How about you and I? Can the same be said of us? If the shoe was on your foot, could you have the same confidence in God's faithfulness? See, Daniel never wavered. Worst case scenario. They put me in the den, the lions eat me, and by the way, I wouldn't want to go out that way. Eaten, gnawed by a lion. Ooh, that wouldn't be something I would like to happen to me. But if I went out, I have nothing to fear because I know where I'm going. And Daniel knew exactly where he was going. So what I'm trying to say to you is God has been faithful to us. He's been faithful to save us. He's been faithful to forgive us of our sins. He's been faithful to give us a home and glory one day. It's already there. It's waiting on us. It's just we're waiting on him to tell us, come on home. But he's been faithful to be with us each step of the way. He says, I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to guide and direct your path. I am going to meet your needs when you call upon me. I am going to be there. Why? Because he's God and he's faithful. But what about you and I? Can the same thing be said of us? God, I'm going to serve you. Lord, I'm going to church. Nobody else goes. That's fine. But I'm going to be in the house of the Lord. Remember over there in Joshua? Hey, Choose you this day whom you're going to serve. You want to serve the God of your fathers? Go right ahead. But as for me in my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That should be every one of us. That should be our decision. Lord, no matter what comes, we're going to serve you.
We're going to remain faithful to you because you're faithful to us. I'm going to close with this. Because of God's faithfulness, he has blessed me abundantly. That's to put it mildly. You see, if all of God's blessings stopped right now, this very moment in my life, they just stopped, turned off, understand I would still have to praise him because of everything he's already done for me. If I lost everything I possess, I have nothing. I still have to praise him and glorify him because of what he's done for me. Out of his faithfulness. Think about that for a second. Daniel was faithful and God blessed him. How did God bless him? <laughs> Believe it or not, God even made him more powerful in the kingdom after this. So does it pay to be faithful? Does it pay to be consistent? Does it pay to be reliable? Just like that Ford F-150. Hit the starter, kicks right off. Amen? Not that old Chevrolet, brother. Stop. That's a curse word. Chevrolet. You say, Brother John, why would you bring that up? Well, we're talking about consistency. Reliability. And old faith. I know, listen to those two guys. They're going to give me a hard time afterwards. I, I know. But understand, seriously, I jest, but listen. God's faithful, and he rewards faithfulness. There is a parable in the Bible called the parable of the talents. You ever read that? You ever studied that? God gives, he's got three servants, and he gives them three specific those three specific servants tasked to do. Now, two out of the three did the tasks. But there was one that didn't complete the task that the master gave him to do. Now, understand what he said to those that completed the task for him. Well done, thou good and faithful. That's right. Well done. Let's look at that one more time. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little things. I will make you ruler over greater things. Now, we tend to think, oh man, because of their faithfulness, he's going to make them rulers. He said that. Jesus did. He's going to reward them for their faithfulness. And he'll reward you and I for that. 
But understand something. The only way he can reward us is if we're faithful here and now. But do you know what the real reward was? It wasn't that they were going to get to rule greater things. I mean, that's a blessing. But do you know what the real reward was? It took me a time or two, but it finally sunk in what he was trying to teach us. The real reward is the favor of the master. Those two received favor from the master. That was the reward. And the reason they gained favor from the master was faithfulness. Faithfulness. You say, well, what are you trying to say? Pastor John, I'm trying to say be faithful in everything when it comes to concerning serving God. Be faithful. And if you are, His hand will be on you and He will bless you. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to have trials. You're not going to have tribulations. You're not going to deal with death, persecution. You're not going to deal with illness. Because those are just things that happen in the life of God's creation. And it doesn't matter if you're a child of His or not. Those things will come. But I assure you, if you're faithful, and when that time comes and you're going through those things, He will be faithful to you. And He may not deliver you from that but he will stay with you every step of the way. He may not take it away, but he'll give you grace to take it. That's who God is. And that's why I love him and I want to serve him. And it delights my heart. Brother Ron, it delights my heart that I know he's God. And the law of God reigns in my heart and life. And I enjoy it. So this morning in close, I'll ask you. One, do you know him as your Lord and Savior? If not, you come. I assure you. We've learned about being faithful to God, and we've learned how faithful God is to us. If you'll come down the aisle, confess your sins, repent of them, and ask him into your heart, he's faithful to save you right here, right now. Two, if you are saved, are you faithful? Can God count on you? Can it be said of you and I, he's reliable? Reliable. He's consistent in his walk. He's faithful. Only you and I can answer that. God already knows. I can fool you. You can fool me. But we can't fool the Lord. He knows where his place is in your heart. He knows if he's number one or not. So what will it be this morning? I tell you what. Daniel was faithful. 
I appreciate his example. One day, and it could be a lot sooner than you think, you and I might be called upon to stand up for God. Daniel had no qualms. He didn't even give it a second thought. He always did what he always did. It wasn't something new. He just did what he always did. I pray it could be said the same about you and me. Amen? Would you stand with me and bow your heads?